Because of the outsized role America plays in the world today, the importance of whether we learn the lesson of what happened to the German church 90 years ago cannot be overstated. Though it may be a gruesome thing to consider, the monstrous evil that befell the civilized world precisely because of the German church's failure is likely a mere foretaste of what will befall the world if the American church fails in a similar way at this hour. Letter to the American Church, Eric Metaxas. But before we get going, let me tell you about a product, Freedom Fuel from Freedom Blends. Do you have enough nutrients? Do you know deep down that you're not getting enough fruits and veggies, real, like organic, in your system every single day? One of the reasons why our bodies crave after carbs and sugars, you know, at nighttime when you're just like, what do I got to have? It's because they're ser it's searching for nutrients. So when your body's getting real nutrients throughout the day, you're not as hungry. Everything starts tightening up naturally. We should not be obese as Americans. 22 organic veggies and greens, 23 organic fruits and berries, and 24 probiotic and enzymes. So if you go over to freedomblends.com right now, get the bundle pack. That will last one person two months. You'll do three in the morning of the one with energy, three in the afternoon of the one without. Did you know that kids can take the one without energy? Are your kids getting enough fruits and veggies? Again, go to freedomblends.com right now. You won't regret it. I'm convinced that the American church has arrived at a significant moment of truth. We are only 75, 80 years removed from three separate regimes that killed 60 to 70 million people intentionally. The parallels with where the American church is now to where the German church stood in the face of the Nazi regime are unavoidable and grim. So if you capture the seminaries, you capture the pastors, you capture the laity, you capture the soul of the world. This is the hour of the American church. Eric Metaxas, thank you so much for joining me. Privilege to be with you, man. Thank another, you. Another Greek, another Greek, Eric M. I've, I don't know. There's not many Eric M's out there. There are not many Greeks named Eric. Uh, now, I know how I got my name, Eric. It's because my mom is German. Uh, I was just on the phone with her. You know, her father was named Eric. I dedicate my Bonhoeffer book to my grandfather, Eric. Um, of course, there are not many Greeks with the name Eric. So how did you, Mutsos, or really greek name how did you get your first name eric your, your parents just liked it how did that go yeah that's it's um it's my dad's middle name and so that's what i was that's that's what they named me and so my dad's full greek and you know when i was a cop and they would and people would see you know greek restaurants they'd see my badge they'd be like mutsos you know and and so it is pretty it's pretty um i i like it. i like the heritage i wish i could speak greek and i need to go to greece because i haven't been well, I tell you, uh, I, you know, growing up among the Greeks, I know that's what we're not supposed to be talking about right now. We're supposed to be talking about other stuff, but there is something, there's a solidarity with most Greeks, not all. Uh, you get a lot of Greeks that, you know, vote for Biden and their heads are in the sand. 
uh, and they should be forced to move back to Greece because uh, if you vote for Biden, America's, you know, is going to hell in a handbasket, which we can talk about. But it really is, uh, it's it's a funny thing when you meet, usually when you meet a Greek, there's like, there's this solidarity, which is a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, I got to say. It is. I, um, when I came across your, when I came, I came across an article that you'd written maybe a couple years ago. And I sent it to somebody that's, that's in my church and they were just like spot on because we have, we kind of have this culture in, in the church I belong to, you know, in the Latter-day Saints that you don't, there's kind of this gospel of niceness being preached right now. Yeah. And I don't like it. And I know that that's hard to hear for some, because, because, you know, they're saying, well, Jesus, Jesus was kind, Jesus, this, that, yeah, he was, but at the same time. He also spoke up. And so I want you to kind of address this, this idea of, do you know what I mean by the gospel of nice? Are you kidding? Listen, it is the American heresy. It is a distinctly American heresy. The Bible says, the Bible is the word of God. The Bible says, be at peace uh, with all men where possible. In other words, there are times when it is not possible to be at peace with all men. So the idea that we should be nice, yes, we should be nice. We should be winsome and loving and kind and gracious where possible. But there comes a time, there come times when you have to fight. You have to say that is wrong. You have to be a warrior for the truth. If you love people, we're commanded to love our neighbors. If you love your neighbors, you have to speak up for what is right and true. You have to speak against corruption and you have to be strong. And we're being told, no, 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 that's not Christian. Well, I'm here to tell you it is profoundly Christian. What is not Christian is abdicating in the face of evil because you worship an idol of niceness or winsomeness. There's a lot of good things, but I, I want to say that we're supposed to worship God. We're supposed to do what God calls us to do. And when you have a competing thing like this idol of being nice all the time, it, you will go head to head with God. And that's what has happened in the American church. It's why I wrote the book Letter to the American Church, because I saw that what happened in Germany in the 30s, the parallel, I wrote a book about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, what happened in Germany in the 30s, how evil took over, how evil infiltrated the church, and how meek pastors just lay down while evil took over the nation and caused infinite, uh, unfathomable pain and destruction. The church had a moment to stand, and it did not. And that is what's happening in America. Exactly. The parallels are shocking. And it's why I wrote the book, Letter to the American Church. And we have a film out, Letter to the American Church, the documentary. I'll just get it out up front. People can go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. If you go there, there's tons of information. There's free screenings all around the country. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. Lettertotheamericanchurch.com. How long have you been passionate about this? Because I've, I'm seeing a lot of people since really since COVID, I'm seeing people rise up kind of in their, I feel like you're on a mission. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on here. I'm like, that guy's on a mission. I'll I am on a mission. People. I am on a mission. It's, it's God's mission that he, you know, when, when God gives you an assignment, uh, you'd be an idiot, a fool not to do it. So it's been tough. You know, if you talk to me 10, 15 years ago, I was not this guy. I, I wanted to be, you know, winsome all the time. Uh, the book on Bonhoeffer was so widely well received. I mean, it sold a million copies and, and, you know, I was fed it all over the country, invited here and there to speak. Um, 
but really when I came out for Trump in 2016, a lot of people said, whoa, whoa, Trump is, he's not nice. Uh, he's not a Christian. He's this, he's that, da, 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 da. And I thought, well, wait, now, wait a second, kids. Um, I, I don't vote for somebody because they have the same theology as I do. I have a choice between Hillary Clinton, who is profoundly corrupt, whose policies are wicked, and this other guy who claims to be pro-life, who claims blah, 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 blah. Even if a third of what he is saying is true, this is open and shut, I have to vote for him. And if you don't vote for him, and if you get the policies of Hillary Clinton, America's over. She's gonna appoint, as it turns out now, three Supreme Court justices. That's the end of religious liberty and liberty in America. You need to stand up. You need to vote. If you love your neighbor, as you're commanded to by Jesus in the gospels to love your neighbor, you have to take this stuff seriously. You can't say, oh, I'm not going to vote for that guy. So I was, that's the first time I got a glimpse of the lack of logic uh, on, the, on the left and, and within the church, people who seem to think like I could take a pass. I don't need to vote. I don't want to vote for that, that guy who he, you know, he makes me cringe and I don't want to vote for him. Perfectly willing to let the country go to hell and all the people suffer, perfectly willing to do that. Um, because they didn't want their neighbors to think that somehow they identified with this vulgar New York real estate developer on his third wife. And I thought, well, if you really care about people as you're commanded to, you need to, to vote for the person who is going to fight, you know, for, for, for the better policies, maybe not even the best policies, maybe not even much that I agree with, but it's going to be better than the other person. Uh, and that is when the wheels came off. I was stunned at how I was canceled uh, all over the place. Uh, Christianity Today didn't even review my book on Martin Luther because I was fed it as the great biographer of Bonhoeffer. Now I come out with a 500 page book on Martin Luther, not even a line in Christianity Today. That's when I knew Christianity Today had gone woke. That's when I knew. And so it's disturbing, but over time I have become more and more radicalized. Let's put it that way. And what happened with um, in 2020, with COVID was so evil. I said, this is a test and most of the church has failed dramatically. Uh, and we are being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And, and I just feel like God called me to write this book. I don't say that kind of stuff lightly if people know me that God called me to write a book. I mean, I believe this very firmly for many reasons. Letter to the American church. I said, I have to say this as a warning so that people can't say they didn't hear. Because in Germany, in the 30s, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, this great hero who was killed by the Nazis, he spoke out prophetically against the church of his time, prophetically. I mean, he didn't, he wouldn't have said it that way, but we look back, it's so obvious that God was speaking through him to wake up people who were just, you know, uh, really followers of dead religion. They, they were not alive to God's purposes in that time in history. They just wanted to go with the flow. I don't want to get canceled. I don't want to get lose my, my job. I don't, I'm just going to go with the flow. And Bonhoeffer was saying, no, church, you need to wake up and fight because evil is infiltrating people's lives. This is before anybody knew what the Nazis were going to do with the Jews. Years before that. Years. And, and Bonhoeffer you said, say... if you do not fight, it's going to go in that direction and you will be guilty. And that's what happened. And it's what's happening in America right now. And I said, I need to bring back the voice of Bonhoeffer to speak to the American church. And you could, you could say, and I want to go into next, like, what is the church? So people can understand your definition of it. And, you know, 
but but hasn't this been happening didn't this happen throughout the it seems like this is what happens throughout the scriptures the the pattern it's not just Correct. germany i mean this is i who i what is isaiah saying what is what is um ezekiel saying what are jeremiah this is the same thing that happens every That's, time a society no, gets it's so funny wicked. it's funny you say that eric because I, I the the book is Letter to the American Church, which came out about a year and a half ago, and it continues to sell dramatically well. And but trust me, I did not expect it to. So I, this is proof to me that 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 God wanted me to write this book because I just thought I just need to write it and move on. And and it's clearly struck a nerve. And I wrote a sequel to it, which is coming out in April, called Religionless Christianity: God's Answer to Evil. And that. Uh, it's the sequel, as I say, to Letter to the American Church, but religionless Christianity is a Bonhoeffer phrase. And he put his finger on this, you just put your finger on it, and throughout my book, Religionless Christianity, I put my finger on this, that you have this pattern all the way in the Old Testament, you see Jesus in the New Testament, whom did he excoriate publicly, angrily, strongly, the most religious figures of his day. In other words, it wasn't between godless people and godly people. The, the worst, wickedest people were those who, in the name of God, did not do what God asked. That is the horror. It's one thing to say, I don't believe in God, and then you don't do what God asked. But to say, I believe in God, I know the scriptures backwards and forwards, and then you don't do what God requires of you, that is evil. That is horrifying. That is what Jesus denounced. So you see it in the Old Testament, the prophets are enjoining the people of God to be the people of God. Stop saying to the people of God, do what God requires of you. And the prophets are stoned and killed. Jesus does the same thing. And you see this through history, where you have the sort of the useless churchgoers who don't really care they don't love God. They just, it's all in name only. And you see this throughout history. And so the question is always, can you get enough of a holy remnant of people who say, I'm going to do what God calls me to do because it's right. And because God has my back, I obey God and God will be with me in the battle. And whatever happens, happens. My faith is in him. Um, or other people who are kind of hedging their bets. And so there are tons of churches in America that you know they would have invited me to speak there 10 years ago and they have they have not only are they not fighting for what is right and good and true they're not in the battle just like the german church was not in the battle and they allowed evil to take over but you have a lot of christian leaders advocating publicly advocating that pastors not be quote unquote political and i thought to myself this is not biblical this is harmful but these are christian leaders who are saying this, and a lot of people say, well, he's the expert, you know, whether it's John Maxwell or uh, Rick Warren or uh, the late, great Tim Keller, who was a friend, but he got this wrong. Many have said this. Andy Stanley famously wrote a whole book called Not In It to Win It. And what they're basically saying is, let's abdicate. Let's just let politics and the culture go to hell. It's not our job. Our job is just to love people and to preach the gospel. That is not true. That is nonsense. We're, we're to make disciples. We're, we're to speak the truth. So, so preaching the gospel and getting people to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, that's the starting line. Like that's vitally important. But to say that's it, I'm, my job is done. You know, we, we had plenty of presidents. Jimmy Carter was a born again 
Christian. It didn't mean that his policies were good. It didn't mean that he was fighting for truth. And you can you can get everything wrong and still be some kind of a Christian. So really, uh, the book Letter to the American Church and the film Letter to the American Church, which, as I mentioned, people go to letter to the American Church dot com. It, it is to wake up the church exactly as Bonhoeffer tried to wake up the church in Germany. And we know he failed. And so I write about the parallel as a warning to say, hey, America, you are where the German church was in 33, in 34. You have almost no time to wake up. The window is closing. If you don't wake up, if you don't stand and fight, you will lose everything. And then by the time you realize, oh, we should have stood and fight, it is too late. Now, that's exactly what happened in Germany. I mean, it was too late. Like a lot of people woke up in 1936. It was over. When you let the, the these uh, authoritarian wicked forces um, really cancel your freedoms, they kind of box you out. So by the time you realize, oh, we better speak up, we better pay a price, it doesn't matter. You 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 can't do anything. You you've been, you've been tied down. You've been neutralized. You've been defanged. That is exactly what happened to the church in Germany, and allowed the Nazis to take over. If they had heeded what God was saying to them through Bonhoeffer and others they could have stood against the evil of the Nazis, but they said, you know what? We don't want to get involved. We just want to have nice church services. We just want to do, we just want to do church. They didn't want to be the church. They didn't want to be heroic, self-sacrificial believers in the God of the Bible. They wanted just to have a nice life and not to be bothered. And they assumed that all this stuff would blow over and they could get on with their lives. They miscalculated about as badly as you can. And so that's why I wrote the book letter to the American church. One of my favorite scriptures is um, where there, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And I think that so many Christians are missing this idea that you, that where God resides is liberty. There is not a, God has commandments come. He doesn't force anybody. I always say the devil, the devil has demandments. And so which do you want to, which do you want to follow? And, and th these demandments, whether it's the gods of COVID whether it's the gods of climate change, whatever it is that they're doing, you're bowing down to one of the two. And I think COVID was a huge separation of wheat and tares on at least where people's hearts are. Who do you believe? I mean, don't you think COVID was a huge, huge test? Oh, listen, in many ways, COVID and what seems clearly to me to be a stolen election, a level of corruption in America that we have never seen any of us in our lifetimes, we've never had it in our history, it, it, it was a blessing because it was so evil and so sick, so draconian and dramatic that it woke many people up who would still be sleepwalking. Um, be because of what happened to you, you woke up. You're doing a podcast. You're a voice of freedom, a voice of truth because of what was done to you. And I think that because of what is being done to many people, myself included, we're being radicalized. We're waking up. We're saying, you know what? We got to fight. These guys are bad. They're wicked. They're trying to destroy liberty. They're trying to destroy America. They are the enemies of freedom. They're the enemies of the gospel. They're the enemies of truth. We have to fight. And then the question becomes, Eric, um, will enough wake up in time? That is the question. We are in a, a war, a spiritual war. Uh, I call it the third existential crisis in American history. We had the revolution. We have the civil war. This is the third existential crisis in our history. If we do not win, if we, if we do not get everybody to put their shoulder to the wheel to fight, we won't win and we will lose everything. We'll lose the last best hope of earth to use the words of Abraham Lincoln. 
Um, this is very serious. So the question is, will enough people see how bad things are and wake up? And so many bad things have happened that you could just go down the line and, and you think, well, when did you wake up? For many people, it was COVID. They thought, this is insanity. You want me to close down my church? What? Like people, this is a lifeline for people. And you're saying, no, no, no. It's like we live in a secular culture. That's just meaningless. You know, we're, we're going to close down the church. That, that was one thing that woke some people up. But, you know, down the line, vaccine mandates, like, no, this hasn't been tested. You know, maybe it might kill you. But hey, listen, shut up and take the thing. And I thought to myself, look, when you tell me I can't ask questions, whether it's about an election or whether it's about a vaccine or whether just that is red flags, because it doesn't mean that we maybe we'll end up agreeing. Maybe I'll end up agreeing with you, but we need to talk about it. When people said, no, shut up, you'll be canceled. You'll be squelched uh, on social media, which happened to me. I was knocked off of YouTube. My whole program, the Eric Metaxas show was wiped off of YouTube. And I thought, that's amazing. Like what they're really scared of truth. They're really scared of having a conversation. So all kinds of people got wake up calls. What was it? The debacle in Afghanistan, one of the greatest humiliations in the history of the United States of America, uh, that, that abdication, leaving thousands and thousands and thousands of people to be tortured and killed uh, by the Taliban. I mean, all of this stuff, we've had a series of horrors unfolding what happened with Hamas October 7th. Everywhere you look, the border of being, being uh, you know, just we've erased our, our, our border. Anything like this, it's waking people up. Crime, the rise of crime uh, in cities. Everywhere you look, you see the fruit of what we've allowed to happen. So the question is, will this wake up enough people to fight? Because I believe that's God's purpose in allowing these horrible things to happen. The transgender lunacy, uh, the, the gay rights. It's satanic. Lunacy, it's just... lunacy. You look throughout the scriptures of the devil getting cast out, Jesus casting out Satan every which way. I, you got people running around. So I just saw a video. We are legion. The guy literally said, "Well, who is they?" And he said, "I am legion." Yeah. This is this is what openly like, satanic. Yeah, it's it's uh, how can people not see this? And then yet. People are, this guy in my church the other day was like, kind of, he was, he just broke down and he just said, you know, I don't know what to do. My, my son's marrying a, or with a transgender person. And everyone's like, we just got to love him. And I, I mean, over and over, we just, we just got to love. And I finally raised my hand and I was like, what is love? I said, love is truth. If we're not speaking truth and we're not, then we're not really loving people. Like we have to tell the truth on this stuff or, or we're not, we're, we, we fail. I mean, honestly, obviously you need a balance in the sense that there's a time to speak up and there's a time to just quote unquote love and not to say anything. I mean, you need to have that. But the point is we need to be super clear, at least in our own minds, on what is deception, on what is truth. You know, if, if somebody comes to me and says, a guy says, I think I'm a woman, my heart breaks for that person. My heart breaks for Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner is still a man, but he has been so deluded and it's a frightening thing. It's, it's, it's impossible for most people to comprehend what would it be like to be so broken and lost that you think you're the opposite sex. What, what does that even mean? It doesn't even mean anything. It's one of those things that there's no way to... So your heart breaks, but at the same time, you have to be clear in your mind. This is still a man. Um, he can do what he wants. He can ask me to call him Caitlin. Uh, he could, you know, I, I, this is not about 
not caring about people and not loving people, mm -hmm. but we have to be clear in our minds. The Bible says God made us in his image, male and female. So the idea uh, that every cell in my body, which has the chromosomes of a man, that I could just ignore that and put on some makeup uh, and some clothing and say, now I'm a woman. Most people know this is preposterous. It's, it's insanity. And if the church, if people who call themselves Christians, who say, I believe in what the Bible says, and I believe in worship the God of the Bible, he's Lord to me. If you can't see that, and if you can't be a force for good in speaking out of that, if you just say, well, it's not my battle, you are part of the problem. And that's mm -hmm. where we are right now. Can we wake people up to understand you, 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 if you're neutral, you're part of the problem. You're allowing this evil to happen just as the neutral people in Germany and the churches in Germany said, oh, we don't want this battle. They opened the door to hell on earth. That's what's happening in America. That's why I wrote the book letter to the American church, shortest book I ever wrote, but uh, it, God is using it. It was made, as I said, into a documentary film, which is an extraordinary film free to any church that wants to do a screening. Individuals got to pay whatever $5 or, you know, I hope they will do that. But any church that wants to do a free screening, we're offering it free to any church because we be I believe in the message that strongly. That's amazing. That is that is awesome. Okay, so can you quickly define what your definition of church is? Is this people that have been born again? Is this people, you know, because you have all these different denominations. So you're like, well, which church is he talking about? I, I think I know what you're saying when you say the church, but can you just say? Well, I think the standard definition of the church, you know, the Greek word, since you're Greek, ekklesia, it, it's really those, anybody, who says Jesus is Lord. If, if, if he is your Lord, you're the church. Every one of us is the church. So the idea that it's that building or that church, or the, I, I don't get into that. That's nonsense. We have people in every single denomination who are apostate, right? In other words, you could go to any church and you could have people there that they believe nothing. Say, but I'm a member and I got baptized. And I was raised. It's, it becomes meaningless. So God ultimately is the judge of who the church is. But the point is we have so many people in churches who are just they're playing church. They show up, they go through the motions, but are they living out their faith? I mean, the book is called Letter to the American Church, but it was going to be called Faith Without Works is Dead, because I realized this is the American heresy. You mentioned it earlier, is that I just need to believe in my head and I don't need to do anything about it. And you realize if you're not living out your faith in works, in, in deeds, in other words, if you're not actually self-sacrificially living out your faith, that you claim to have, God knows you don't really have the faith you claim to have. Faith without works is dead. So you claim to have faith, but there is no fruit. You're not willing to risk uh, because you don't really believe God's going to back you up. You got to hedge your bets. You got to do what they tell you. So when you're told, you know, we want you to lead the gay pride parade and celebrate it, and you go, well, you know what? I got to put food on the table. I guess I better do it you're not trusting God. You're not even giving God an opportunity to be with you and to guide you. And I think that there are many, many in the church because we've been so blessed in America, we've never had to face a lot of this stuff. We've, we've really got a free ride. We've had liberty, religious liberty, and we've never had to fight and to say, I'm gonna take a stand. And so that muscle has atrophied for many who claim to be Christians. And I'm here to say, folks, God requires us to really decide what do you believe and to take a stand and to trust him. And if you don't do that, you're part of the problem. You're allowing evil to take over. And so that's that's where we are right now. Will enough 
Christians wake up to the reality that I have to trust God, I have to live self-sacrificially. And so we've got resources at the website, letter to the American Church dot com because you know people say what can i do there are many things you can do but uh wake up to to the truth that's number one this is so good i'm so the unawakened christian i i just i want to grab him and i just want to shake him and just say wake up and this is like such a perfect message and when, when they finally decide that they're going to use their voice they come after you it's like i see these messages on my post and it's like why are you why don't you use your voice against the it's it's almost like they're 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 not offended with the evil they're more offended with me they're blind the they're blind they're deluded and again you know your heart has to break for the, you can get angry but then your heart breaks because like how can they not see it in germany in the 30s so many pastors somehow refused to see where things were, were going and by refusing to do a little bit they allowed it to happen i i say if you're sitting on the fence if you're neutral you're sitting on the fence the devil owns the fence. He loves it. Mm. You are serving the devil by sitting on that fence. And that is exactly where many, many so-called Christians are today. They don't want any trouble. I'm just going to stay in my little religious lane. You're serving the devil. That's that's the bad news, folks, that you're not, it, it is not neutral. You've been deluded into thinking there's a neutral position. There is no neutral position. And the last page of the scripture, you know, it says, who's going to be cast into the lake of fire? the cowardly. I mean, are people preaching that? Courage is not extra credit Christianity. If you are a believer, you have courage, you actually believe and you live out your faith. People need to understand that. If you're not living out your faith, it's proof you don't have faith. So this is really serious stuff. That's so good. But the Lord, God is not only a God of peace and love, the, it says in Exodus 15, three, the Lord is a man of war. Yeah, Lord is his name. And it talks about the, the fair, how he went at the chariots he cast into the sea. Like this is, this is the test. Everybody, this is the test. Where do you stand? Um, Eric, thank you so much. Can you, can you, um, one more time, just explain how people can get to you, how they can watch this, how they yeah. can get Well, my, my website is just my name, ericmetaxas.com. So I, I hope people will go there because I do a lot of interviews, uh, and a lot of stuff. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll you'll get it. Otherwise, you won't know. Uh, but it's ericmetaxas.com. And um, the website for the film is lettertotheamericanchurch.com, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. If you go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, there's tons of resources. You can sign your church up for a free screening. Uh, if you want to buy the DVD or what, whatever it is, we have a study guide for the book, the book but there's a list of churches around America that are doing free screenings. We've got hundreds. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I wish there were thousands that this is, if your church is not interested in doing a free screening, I kind of wonder why are you interested in going to that church? Because we are in a war for the soul of this nation. As this nation goes, so goes the world. And we're commanded to love our neighbors. And so you've got to be in the battle, whatever that means. People say, what can I do? Everyone can do something different, but to do nothing is to be a part of helping evil happen. So that's the question. Eric Metaxas, thank you so much. God bless you. Good to meet you and uh, look forward to talking again.